0: You're listening to the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood webmaster of, of the sh- website that powers this very podcast. The executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. As always, we have to thank our patrons that help support the website and the podcast network over on patreon.com slash Network. Patrons such as Allison Cindy, Ed, Georgia, Greg, Janelle, Jessica, Jurgen, Catherine, Kale, Laura Howard, Lump Moose, Master Draman, Phoenician, Scott, Vanessa, Vicky, Winnipeg, Webhead, Greg, Lisa, Ultimatefangirl.exe, Kigar, Sarah Petzel, Scott, McGraw, Sebastian, and Venkman. Thank you guys for your support over on patreon.com/slash Spidey Network. If you have not checked out our other fine shows on the network, we have Clone Soccer Chronicles and Spectacular Radio. We have ASM Classics, This Show, the Salvi Sema Era Podcast, Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles Podcast, Spidey Dude Experience, and Make Mine Mayday. The Spidey Dude Experience is the flagship show on the network now, and we also have a show within a show just like this show with the Slot Symposium. This show has the Web of Music show that if you've not already checked out those episodes here on this feed, you should definitely do so. They're a lot of fun. Once again, I want to thank Chris for hosting and uh, thank you for supporting the website. Leave us that five star review. Let us know how we're doing here on the Spider Dude Radio Network. With that, I turn it over to Chris.
1: Welcome to the spectacular Sal Buscema era podcast here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I am your host, Dr. Chris, and tonight joining me for these two-part Puma cat and spider crossover event. Well, not really a crossover, but a two-part storyline that has been building up for years since the original Secret Wars uh, was actually being published. When Spider-Man was wearing the black costume, the alien symbiote black costume the the king in black himself <laughs> but before we even knew about the king in black it was just a black costume uh this character puma was introduced and we've been talking about puma for quite a while but joining me from the for these two issues is going to be uh Adam Pope who is the host of the Wizards podcast where they break down every issue of Wizard magazine and subsequent extra materials and bonus issues and half issues and and incredible interviews thank you for coming on the show adam
2: yeah absolutely chris i got my web shooters on i'm ready to roll your wizard magazine
1: podcast is absolutely fantastic and uh for anyone who may be not familiar with it why don't you give them just a little bit insight into uh into your podcast
2: Yeah, well, essentially, what we've been doing for the last four years is that we are checking out every issue of Wizard Magazine in depth, and we're kind of re examining the 90s comic book boom through those pages. And in the meantime, in between issues, we're actually talking to Wizard staffers, who are the people writing the magazine, editing the magazine, designing the magazine, to tell you, okay, how did this all come together? Up to the point where literally today, as we're recording this, we just released our. Uh, the first of our two-part interview uh, with Garib Seamus, the publisher and founder of Wizard Magazine. So it's been a wild ride so far. We have over 250 episodes that just really just getting in depth. That's not every issue of the magazine yet. We're only up to the end of 1998. So plenty more to go.
1: Yeah, you definitely have a ton of stuff to cover. And I am so looking forward to that Garib Sheamus interview, only because the last time I saw Gar in anything was like a, a quick YouTube video where he was accosted by a fan at a convention. So yeah,
2: well, um, he, he, we were much kinder to him here, and uh, yeah, he definitely had a lot to share, a lot of behind the scenes stories. I don't know if people have heard, so it was a very fun conversation.
1: That's good. I hope it wasn't just all a completely gloss piece of Wizard because you guys have taken your shots at Wizard, and that and, that, and they're they're professional shots, I think
2: yeah i mean we we definitely know a lot of the uh the stuff behind the scenes this was kind of first time out and we're hoping down the line maybe we have him back on and we could hit him with some of the harder stuff and just be like what do you think about this what about this but i mean he certainly took his own shots at the industry and (laughs) some things happening back in the day and when
1: you and when you have him back on you gotta you gotta bring up rob Liefeld. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's uh our our old buddy Rob Liefeld. Yes indeed. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe someday we get him on the podcast. <laughs> Not likely, yeah. but we're working our way through the uh image founders. We have Eric Larson coming up for an interview soon, so
1: Oh wow, that's fantastic. I do remember I do remember you mentioning that. Um I actually had Rob's uh, uh partner, Fabian Nekochevez, on my radio show recently.
2: Oh great, yeah, Fabian, man, he did a lot of cool stuff. Even like his work with a claim—that's actually what I know him best Ugh. for. When he was he's editor in chief, he's doing Quantum and Woody over there. I'm just like, oh, that was awesome.
1: Yeah, we we didn't have a chance to touch upon everything, but uh, I, I I picked what I could to touch upon and and I did my best, but because he was mostly on for his actual his novels. But uh, mm-hmm. I digress. So uh, I will go over the plot synopsis uh, for these two issues, and then we will break it down panel by panel. How's that sound? Sounds great. So, the, stack, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the spectacular Spider-Man issue 171 with a cover price of a dollar. Something I don't mention on my podcast very often, people, is that I'm going to start mentioning this because the times are a-changing in the next couple of years. Let me tell you something. But right now, they are a dollar a comic book. Do you know what you pay for an issue with Spider-Man nowadays, Adam?
2: Uh, you know, I don't buy new comics very often, but I'm going to guess it's somewhere in the $5 to $6 range.
1: its four ninety nine, Unless it's an anniversary issue, it's 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I buy every issue of Spider-Man. I buy Venom. I buy Carnage. And, man, I'm still looking forward to Herberto Ramos and the and Greg Wiseman, the creator of the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon series and the Gargoyles cartoon series, coming on to do the Spectacular Spider-Men, a team-up book between Miles and Peter. Ooh, wow. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be great. But I digress. So we open up the issue, Ordeal, with Spider-Man going through a, 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 what would appear to the white man as a psychedelic uh, Native American experience. And the only thing I can uh, think of to equivalent this to is possibly an episode of The X-Files where uh molder went through like this kind of like native american uh uh healing ritual but I, but i digress the how this all leads to being is spider-man confronts thomas fireheart over their long-standing rivalry bitter friendship bitter enemies constantly antagonistic between each other and finally putting an end to the whole thing Thomas fireheart sells the daily bugle back to J. jonah jameson and peter tells mary jane that he's going to go off on this uh, Native American retreat, and we see some of the trippiest stuff you will ever see in a Spider-Man comic book, but the duel isn't over yet. Leading issue, into issue 172, one of the things that's carrying over and through this whole storyline is Mary Jane has been hit upon by a co-worker on her secret hospital Soap opera named Jerome, uh, sorry Jason Jerome, and he plans to hopefully seduce her away from Peter Parker in a very soap opera style drama until she confronts him with her true love for Peter Parker. But I digress, and we go back to the the fight between Puma and Spider Man as it as it takes it takes place over the entire um, Native American uh, resort that they're on, and ends with Spider Man and Puma putting aside their differences finally. With Spider-Man not killing Puma, despite the fact this is, again, one of those things where he needs to do it in order to restore Puma's honor, but Spider-Man won't ever do that, and Puma accepts it the way it is. They're never going to be friends, but they shouldn't be enemies either. And Peter agrees with this, and they both leave peacefully.
2: The end. Nail, so that's Nail. a quick rundown. <laughs> Yeah, I got to say just that that first image, you know, on that first page is definitely going to get your attention. Just seeing Peter Parker shirtless with a spider painted on his face, sweating profusely, you don't know what's going on.
1: <laughs> Correct. Right at the beginning you get ordeal and you get this like two-page splash which is fantastic of um the the sweat lodge that they're in.
2: Yeah. And it's one of those things where, yeah, like you've never seen Peter Parker in this type of scenario before. And so that's, that's what I found interesting. Now I, I will say this. So with Salbu Seva, I mean, obviously you're devoting, you know, this, this podcast to his work and i was trying to go back i was looking through my log boxes i was like i got into comics like in 91 so i i missed this era and when i went to back issues i wasn't picking these up but i i do notice kind of the more i don't know what I say like feels like angular nature uh, of his artwork uh and i don't know how you feel it compares to to other spider artists uh, that would come after him
1: i think the artwork in this is Exactly the reason why I gravitated to this book so hard when I was growing up. I loved Eric Larson, Mark Bagley, and 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 Todd McFarland. Absolutely, I can't say enough. Or even Alex Subiak, who doesn't get enough credit for the Web of Spider-Man book happening at yeah. the same time. Uh, but this, the way he draws these images, like when Peter, you know, we're going to jump ahead a little bit, but when Peter transforms into that grotesque man spider thing, a lot of the comics. From the Spider-Man Sal era are very much like that kind of imagery or the smoky weirdness of it all. When we get into things like The Child Within or, or Maximum Carnage or even the stuff that came before with the Demo Goblin, Hobgoblin, and Carry On, it was nothing but a horror show left and right. And then, of course, you know from my other podcast, I'm a big horror fan.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, so definitely there's a lot going on. And and looking at it now, I'm like, oh, okay, I could, I could picture his tombstone. I could picture like all these different villains that he would draw, definitely giving them kind of a more horrific vibe. So, yeah, but when it gets back to the city, like that's something that I like. I see like a beautiful Spider-Man that he's rendered there. And I had to ask because this is like, this setup to me is so unique. It's different from any, you know, what do you would call a standard Spider-Man story? You know, a crime's being committed. Spidey showing up is going to punch a bad guy. You know, this idea of the, a wealthy, superpowered being trying to pay a debt to Spider-Man in a way that's intrusive and upsetting to the life of Peter Parker. That is just, fascinating to me although I, I think he kind of should have said well just write me a check for a million dollars we'll be even let's uh, let's call it a day
1: you know you know how many times spider-man's had access to money like that and he's turned it down do you remember when the beyonders showed up and turned the uh uh the heroes for hire building uh, uh the rand corporation into a giant gold building
2: <laughs> oh. In the, now yeah, that wasn't this, secret wars 2
1: this was Secret Wars too, because Luke Cage explains to the yeah. Beyonder that this is the only thing people understand these days is cash, money. He goes, this is why we got to work for what we do. And he goes, if money is what you need, let me help you. And he turns the Rand Corporation building into solid gold, but it can't withstand its own weight because gold is very, uh, is a very weak metal. And it starts folding in on itself and collapsing into being destroyed. Never mind the fact that was the entire building empty. Did everyone just did did the Beyonder just murder everyone who works for Danny Rand?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I have to ask you this because obviously you're well read in this era. I never, like, understood quite, even as it's laying out here, you know, Spidey is confronting Fireheart, and he's basically saying, like, you know, you've got me all over the city. You're running this campaign to make me, like, the mouthpiece. Why is Peter so upset about it? What has he done to go over the top with that?
1: Okay, so what happened was, is that uh, we got to go back to the Amazing Spider-Man issues where he's wearing the black costume, and Puma Mm -hmm. attacks Spider-Man. And then, um, he was actually created to stop the Beyonder. And since that didn't quite work out, you know, his other goal was to basically be, be a mercenary for hire. And in doing so, he has upset his uh, tribesmen, his uncles, the, the head of the tribe. And uh, he has taken the Thomas Fireheart fortune and become like a businessman entrepreneur, somewhat kind of crime lord, but not really so much into crime since, you know, he gave up the mercenary life and eventually became part of Silver Sable's like outpack, wild pack outlaw group and went after Spider-Man when the chameleon framed him for a crime. And he felt as though that because of that, he's dishonored his his pack even more. And his uncle told him, you got to make it right with Spider-Man. So he went out of his way to buy the Daily Bugle and then turn it away from being a smear campaign against Spider-Man to an absolute just like, we love Spider-Man. Spider-Man's awesome. Everything about Spider-Man's
2: cool. Should that be a dream come true, though, for Peter? That's Why is Peter so mad about it? <laughs>
1: because he's constantly – because Fireheart's constantly put, saying that the debt between them hasn't been uh, – because Peter keeps, like, saving Fireheart's life or whatever, like, yeah. in, in different scenarios. So the balance of the debt doesn't get, like – finished correctly um one of the things that thomas fireheart tried to do for peter was when uh, peter and mary jane got married on their honeymoon fireheart uh was vacationing at the same honeymoon spot and um he needed peter's help to do something but it was all a big setup the whole thing was a scam to make fireheart look like he was finally paying his debt back to peter and peter found out it was nothing but an absolute scam all the people the bad guys the good guys they all worked for fireheart and they were actors and uh The funniest scene in this whole scenario, too, is that he takes the costume and the web shooters, which nearly got him killed, too, because this was not the black costume alien era. This was the threaded black costume. Uh, Fireheart couldn't figure out how to recreate his spider fluid, and the spider fluid was not very good. (laughs) And nearly got Peter killed. And he throws the costume and the crappy web shooters back in Fireheart's face in front of the entire restaurant or whatever. And this is after basically, like, Mary Jane's, like, uh model super duper high society friends are all like why did you marry this milk saw peter parker who's just a photographer and she's like you don't know but the fact that he stands up to this billionaire fireheart and tells him to go shove it up his ass or whatever in front of everybody and then walks away with mary jane the 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 entire crowd's like
2: whoa you got yourself a real man there mary jane He stood up to an asshole like that billionaire Wow! Yeah, so this is just like years and years of this guy harassing Peter, and he's just like, we, "We gotta put an end to this thing." He's like, "Get away from me!"
1: <laughs> years, dude. Like I said, it goes back to the to uh to uh well, just days after Peter came back from the first Battle World's Secret Wars miniseries, Volume One was being published, and Peter and the heroes had returned. And um, you know the one story was unfolding, telling us, oh, what happened during the months between these issues? That you know Peter's wearing the black costume, and why is She-Hulk part of the Fantastic Four? Things like that. Yeah, and that's when Puma first appears.
2: Yeah, um, okay. I mean, this that, image—that's wild. This
1: image of Peter turning into the spider is is absolutely horrific.
2: Yeah, where he's he's basically everybody he loves is caught in the web. And he's basically, he's like, it's weird. He's like, is this what I am? Is this what I do? Yeah. He's just, yeah. So it's definitely, you know, you see like Harry and Liz, you know, you see Flash, you see Robbie Robertson, you see, I mean, everybody's there. MJ, of course, you know, Betty. And of course, J. Jonah Jameson is the one who's completely webbed up and tied up, (laughs) ready to be eaten.
1: It is so funny to look at this image and think about who all these people are and who they are today. We have Flash Thompson, Felicia Hardy, uh, Robbie Robinson, Aunt May, Mary Jane, Betty Brant, J. Jonah Jameson, Harry Osborne, Liz Allen Osborne, And cradling to her is little Normie Osborne, who we know to be right now um, the Red Carnage uh, symbiote goblin child that had oh, his wow. own title for a little while. Yeah, and of course, Harry is dead flash is currently the anti-venom felicia's still the black cat and j jonah jameson if you remember knows spider-man is peter parker and he's actually always trying to help him in redeeming himself for the years that he was always trashing spider-man's image
2: wait is he the new thomas fireheart is that what's going on here (laughs) he was
1: you're so close he absolutely was for a while and it was driving peter insane in fact Peter revealed his identity to Jonah to stop their bickering rivalry, finally, because he wanted to show to Jonah, like, who, like, that you have been wrong about me for so long. And he's like, why is that? And he takes off his mask. And either way, this is after Peter revealed his identity to the entire world during Civil War, but that right. got put back in a bottle by Mephisto. We're not going to go there. No, but we're not
2: doing that. Not speaking doing that. of yeah, which God. which is funny,
1: which is funny through the end of the second issue when Pete, when Mary Jane's like caressing Peter's picture and going, "You're the one and forever for me, Peter." Until I meet a guy named Paul in an alternate dimension where we have magic children that get taken away from me by a storyline that is too convoluted for me to explain to Adam.
2: <laughs> oh dear, yeah, don't even get started on that. But in this <laughs> issue, again, just like the the storytelling that Jerry Conway is putting together here is with. J. Jonah Jameson going to dinner with Fireheart and then basically saying, do you know how much this newspaper matters to me and I see what you're doing to it, all this stuff. And then he sells it back to him for a dollar. And I, I think that is fantastic. Just shows how much like it was a means to an end. Peter Parker's not happy with me. Spider-Man's mad that I, you know, I tried to fix things. So fine, just have it back, have a dollar. You know, I mean, that's, that's a great scene.
1: What do you think of the ferocity of the way um, Puma is drawn, he becomes more and more animalistic. In fact, in later stories, he becomes almost completely feral. Um, There's a story coming up that you're gonna, maybe we'll have you back on for, where this whole thing continues or whatever, with a character called Black uh, Raven or something like that. It takes place after the events where Harry completely succumbs to the goblin, but before he's killed. And then later on, during the Clone Saga, there is a story where Spider-Man fights Puma um, while he is just the spider. He's given up being Peter Parker. He is just the spider.
2: I do remember this. Yeah, no, because you're right in this particular issue at first, like he basically almost looks like the molten man who is just a little bit furry you know like he's just kind of got the standard you know short haircut of all like you know spider-man characters and then he's his he's got kind of golden skin but you can see a little bit of the fur hanging off him, you know and then yeah as it goes on he transforms in fact I was just going through my spider-man trading cards for the 90s and I think it's the 1995 set there's this like total completely animalistic uh, puma there which I found fascinating I was like oh okay so it's like just a continuing mutation or or whatever i know he's not a mutant but you know it's just and, and uh ex- exacerbating his condition i guess
1: that trading card you're talking about series one or is it series two
2: uh i think it's the series two one where okay. they were, it was a painted set everybody was painted yeah
1: oh that's okay no that's um i think you're thinking of um Okay,
2: so I think it was the Fleer Ultra like ninety five. Oh, set? okay, you're talking yeah. about
1: the Ultra, not the Marvel yeah. Universe card sets. Okay. Oh, no, no,
2: no, no okay. not those.
1: Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, no, i have a card. I have all the cards for for sets one, two, three, and four. Yeah, and then I have cause, that cause... set. I have that set that's like a puzzle that the pieces right. you have to connect. Mark because Bagley
2: every... drew all those. Yeah.
1: No, no. Okay, so the... <laughs> Oh, you're talking about Marvel
2: Universe still? Okay, no, we yeah, still the four. There's a yeah. Marvel Universe
1: one where the sets were like okay so let's say you put them in the sleeves um you know in the binder so you would create an entire puzzle image I know what you're talking about with the, with the Mark Bagley set which is a, which is incredible like the Jim Lee X-Men set the, the 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 Marvel set was basically all the big events in the Marvel universe you know what I mean and that's how they would give their characters their own cards but th- because they were part of some big event like Maxim Carnage Executioner song things mm-hmm. like that. Puma could have been used during Maximum Carnage, just FYI. I I was like, where was Puma in, like, major Spider-Man stories where it involved, like, characters that he is connected to? Like, you know... (laughs)
2: Yeah. Well, and I do, you know, you were talking about kind of the the horrific imagery in this too. And as it gets to, they're still in the sweat lodge and this final idea, you know, they're saying you got to be purified before you figure everything out between you two. And then they have this, this cat, you know, this Puma, I guess you could say. And then this spider, these like just, you know, silhouette creatures that are battling. It kind of reminded me of like the black costume versus red and blue costume, that classic nightmare image. Yeah.
1: That image is fantastic. Too bad we didn't quite get it created the way we wanted it to in the Spider-Man 3 movie, but it was created pretty well in the animated movie.
2: Yes. I mean, the animated
1: series. The animated series, sorry. Which, again, we never had Puma in the animated series. In fact, I don't think Puma has ever been in any cartoon. Wow. As far as I'm aware. Um, uh, God, the last time I remember seeing Puma, by the way, was him and Black Cat were hooking up during the um post. It was a storyline that was taking place during Civil War, but right after Peter revealed his identity
2: oh okay yeah during that era okay and then i do like also I'll just say the twist once again which is you know you have this battle with much more interesting stakes than the classic misunderstanding between two noble superpowered beings although the fact that after this event in the sweat lodge basically they're told well now it has to be a battle to the death and, you know uh-huh. it's like you know because fireheart's like he wants to bring balance back to his own life and he's been trying to do it by doing i guess good things in his mind but now to have balance in his life he has to kill spider-man you're like whoa okay (laughs) that's that's the only way
1: i stand corrected puma did appear in the um disney xd spider-man show which is ultimate spider-man which is not really great i mean that was just a vehicle to sell toys um, hmm. he has uh, he has two appearances with no speaking lines. However, he he does appear in the Spider-Man Two Game Boy Advance game, voiced by D. Bradley Baker, <laughs> wow. best known for like, you know, a thousand and one other projects. You could look him up online, people, and yeah. check out. But yeah, he's the only person to voice Puma. But boy, that guy's credits go crazy with things like uh the probably the biggest thing that we'll narrow it down for is he's captain rex in the clone saga rebels in the bad Batch.
2: that's what i was gonna say i know he's connected to star wars so yes
1: yes yes definitely I, but uh that's so funny that so puma has appeared but not really in any significant like there's no like two-part puma episodes or anything
2: yeah yeah has he gotten
1: an action figure at least yes i do yes he has gotten an action figure before okay um did you ever see the um did you ever uh, in, in the Zoom call? I called it the Puma Man. Have you ever heard of the Puma Man? It was on Mr. Oh yeah, two thousand.
2: Absolutely, yeah. That that's a great one, man. I lo- I love that episode. <laughs> the Puma Man, Puma. the Puma Man. Puma. Yes. Um,
1: <laughs> so Puma had a um, uh, was part of a uh, uh, recently part of a. Uh, I, I want to say it was pretty recent too. I think he was part of the. Uh, Damn it! Yeah, this is the line I missed. This is the line I'm kicking myself for so hard. I miss this. He was part of the Build a Figure Kingpin and it also contained Black Cat, Black Costume Spider Man, Night Thrasher, Silver Sable, and Carnage, which came by the way. I think. Uh, I think. Oh, this was. Oh, sorry, not Carnage. Red Goblin, which was the Ooh. Norman Osborn Carnage Goblin that also came with his nephew, uh, who he turned into a goblin too.
2: That's wild. That's wild. Damn it. Okay.
1: I missed it. I wanted that set so badly because it was a there was a Puma figure, a Silver Sable figure, and I I freaking love Silver Sable.
2: (laughs) Now I wanted to ask you this: Do you feel that it is out of character for Peter? To, like, be willing to, you know, abandon his wife, fly across the country, into the home turf for this guy who's been annoying him, just on the off chance that this will actually set everything right? Because he doesn't even flinch when it's announced that the only way to solve this whole deal is a fight to the death. He's just, he's on board for it. He's confident. Like, I guess I'm used to a more conflicted, kind of neurotic Peter Parker. And in this one, he's just like, let's just do it, bro. (laughs) He's Ready to go.
1: It just shows you how strong their marriage really is at this time.
2: I suppose. I mean, and I I guess, you know, it, it's one of those situations too where I'm kind of thankful that this is more of a straight ahead story because I feel like in in a lot of other Spider-Man stories I read, there's so many subplots, so many supporting characters. And in this one, there's just the Mary Jane deal, you know, where she's being hit on by this guy. But otherwise, it's just like, let's deal with these characters. Let's see what they're thinking. See what it's all about. Like, I, I really do... uh Aside from that thing that I'm like, maybe this is just the Peter Parker of this era. Uh, but, but I like how they get into his like whole philosophy almost on his history with fighting people, with, with having to solve conflicts through violence. Because in 172, when the actual battle starts, he has this whole inner monologue about the day he fought six bullies by himself. And you're like, oh he wasn't always just a bookworm. Like he had some type of fighter's heart all along. Like there's, there's a lot of interesting little tidbits dropped in that could have been distracting if we were jumping around to everybody back in New York all the time.
1: I think it's, um, it's the Testament of the man that is Peter Parker and spider to become Spider-Man. I think that gets lost a lot of times in current interpretations of Spidey, but they seem to be writing those definitely more towards miles. So, Mm, okay we're gonna be at the time for the zoom call one thing i do like to do is because you're on a uh, you're on a time travel podcast yourself with uh, going back into wizard i absolutely do i don't know do you have these digitally do you have the actual floppies
2: oh we, we have every issue physically yeah
1: gotcha gotcha so real quick i wanted to uh, go over some of the ads in here we have a double player ad from a claim on the inside first issue street fighter 2010 nintendo ad that's the testament of the uh how old these issues are when they're they're advertising nintendo entertainment system and we're in the days of the switch right now (laughs) yeah
2: i mean mean, this this is out of control with video game ads especially 172 like it is just cover to cover almost
1: right right we have the new master system 2 for the sega genesis oh we have the tiger handheld electronics insert in the middle of the thing um (laughs) we have ads for video games for Days of Thunder, Gauntlet 2, Conan the Barbarian. I didn't know Conan had a game on the Nintendo.
2: Me neither actually. That's surprising.
1: Um so we got a lot of like basketball uh card ads in here for like people that we grew up with like Carl Malone, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. <laughs> basketball players i remember and i do absolutely love the american comics and entertainment ads that were always in these comics i'm not going to repeat it for both issues but the stuff that you could you know before just going on ebay and going hey i'm missing issue uh 171 from spectacular spider-man my local comic book store doesn't have it i'll just go on ebay and buy it because someone's selling it
2: (laughs) well what's funny what jumped out at me this last time is there's an ad for wrath of the black manta And Uh I was now with Aquaman 2 in theaters right now. And I'm thinking of Black Manta. I'm just like, wait a minute. (laughs) Did DC have any issues uh, with this video game coming out? I think Black, I don't even know if
1: Black Manta was even a big character at the time. This is publishing. What is this? This is issue. This is 1990 January. So I don't, I don't know what was going on in Aquaman. I don't, I know he hadn't lost the hand yet. So I know Peter David didn't take over.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. I will say, I mean, obviously the biggest one, the most important one, is the Marvel Universe Series 1 trading cards ad, the double ad. And we're starting a a series on our YouTube channel for uh, Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, where we're actually going to be opening up vintage packs of Marvel Universe cards. So we're starting with, with Series 1. We're going through to Series 4 in this first run. And I have some stuff to show off when it comes to those cards. I have full sets and other special things so uh definitely something for people to check out if they're interested going over to the
1: bullpen bulletins do you know who the character digger used to be i thought this was i zombie for a while not i zombie what was that guy's name that was a zombie in the marvel universe um
2: what uh terror not terror incorporated
1: no no oh god what was that zombie guy's name he had his own book alongside two of dracula werewolf
2: by I, I. oh I, cause I was gonna say i know mort the dead teenager he was kind of a zombie,
1: <laughs> um yeah, so you have the group you have this bolted bulletin boltins, which also had Stan's soapbox, where Stan would basically you know start off some wisdom or basically you know read some press agent about upcoming comic books that he's not writing, <laughs> which well, I, I do thought love was hilarious,
2: yeah that this one in particular is pretty hilarious, he's like you know uh. He says, so not a single reader anywhere misses out on the most eagerly anticipated uh, new title since Irving Forbush versus Wolverine. (laughs) If only.
1: As I turn the page, one thing I do have to comment on is that um, depending on who the artist is, I think um, at this time, like Peter and Mary Jane had only been married for possibly a year in comic book time at this point, or Mm -hmm. maybe just like, they were probably about married a year. Um I just don't believe this is a twenty two twenty one year old Mary Jane who's uh telling Jerome to bug off. <laughs>
2: yeah well it's pure like she's living her soap opera in real life right and it's like I just don't understand why is she meeting alone in a park with this lecherous guy she knows wants her to have an affair with him and then why is she inviting him back to her place just to make him realize that she loves her husband she hangs up a million photos of him everywhere and then like up to this point the guy's just been a creep but humiliating him I don't know like that could lead to <laughs> to bad stuff and so I was just like I, I think they want us to see the MJ is brave and loyal to peter but i feel like she could have just shut the guy down with some words and then gotten a restraining order maybe
1: (laughs) right but she's got to do things her way this is this um this reminds me because i think this is happening at the time at this time uh amazing spider-man is doing the return of the sinister six storyline i think at this point um and there is this there is this moment where she has got um jonathan caesar after jonathan caesar is the guy who who uh hired um Uh, sticks and stones and taskmaster to kidnap her and Spider-Man had to stop her he was an obsessed fan and um, he comes back into her her life or whatever and tries to once again kidnap her to take her away to be his like you know sex slave or whatever and uh, another obsessed fan of Mary Jane guns him down (laughs) and Mary Jane is dealing with all of this like people in her life are getting hurt or killed by these two obsessed fans, while Peter is dealing with the return of the Sinister Six.
2: <laughs> oh man! I and mean, I and absolutely love how it
1: ends when they're like they meet each other at the end of the six part issues or whatever, and like he's half in costume and she's standing by the doorway in just a t shirt and and, and and her underwear, and they both say simultaneously, "Honey, you won't believe the day I had." <laughs> and <then laughs> it ends with them, and it, it ends with them like making out in shadow.
2: <laughs> oh, it's wild! I mean, she's a tough cookie, that's for sure.
1: He's one of my favorite characters. I'm always going to be a Felicia Hardy Black Cat fan, but I'm sorry. That's a fling in a, in a good time in bed with Peter, but Mary Jane and Peter deserve to always be together
2: oh that's great I, I do have to give you one little fun fact here uh, you were mentioning you know to me about like the actual physical comics so since you this is Spectacular Spider-Man we're talking about I did own for many many years many decades you know Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man number one that I got at an auction in the 90s at Mile High Comics it was like the one of the only high priced you know comic. It wasn't, I got a good deal on it even back then but I traded it recently just to tell you where my head Heads at. I traded it to a Wizard contest winner for multiple signed copy of uh, copies of Wizard magazine that he won, like by sending an envelope art, and then like every member of the staff signed these issues that that was part of his prize. and That was my trade. That was more valuable to me now than that particular issue.
1: Hey, man, that sounds like a fantastic trade.
2: Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> uh, well, hey, Adam, why don't we tell people where they can find it before the Zoom call kills us? Absolutely. So you can check us out at WizardsComics.com. We are on social media at Wizards Comics. Uh, we just anywhere you want to find us, Wizards, the podcast guide to comics on your favorite podcatcher. So hope you check us out and uh, enjoy some of the nostalgia with us going back to the 90s.
1: And you can find me at the Spidey Dude Radio Network, where I do this show, as well as Web of Music. And we have Web of Music uh, episode uh, four and five coming up soon. The Amazing Spider-Man uh, one and two uh, scores and soundtracks with a special guest as well. That's where you can find me, or you can send me an email, thatradioheart at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, leave a iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Audible review wherever you have to listen to this podcast. And thank you once again, Adam, for joining me.
2: My pleasure.